This is Adrian Biddle, producer of The Dark and the Wicked, The Black Coat's Daughter and the Monster, and you're listening to The Horror Squad Podcast. Good evening. Welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast. This is episode number 149. We're talking about uh, 2020's The Dark and the Wicked. Currently streaming, available on Amazon Prime for $6.99 rental. It's going to come to Shudder at some point. I just don't know when. We also have a uh, interview. Joe, if you want to talk about it real quick. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Steve and I uh, interviewed the producer of The Dark and the Wicked, uh, Adrian Biddle who uh, has also produced a, uh, a lot of uh, movies, actually. She did uh, He's Out There, which was one that was on Netflix recently. That's actually a really good one. I would definitely recommend checking that one out. Uh, also, The Monster, which is uh, another one I'm a big fan of, um, directed by the same director that did this movie, uh, Brian Bertino, who also did The Strangers. And um, also, she produced um, The Black Code's Daughter, which was a really uh, popular A24 one and a whole bunch of other ones so yeah we had a good interview with her we talked a lot of the dark and the wicked tonight's movie um and we also talked uh a lot just about her kind of all the movies she's produced and got into uh a lot of stuff with the black coat's daughter too um uh, with uh, emma roberts and uh the other lead actress there who uh, is on sabrina now i can't remember her name but yeah it's a good interview so stay tuned uh at the end of the episode for that Sounds good. And just a reminder to the gentleman that won my mystery box. I haven't sent it out yet because I was waiting for something from full moon to come. And then I got placed on quarantine. So I'm not going to be uh, irresponsible and send you a box when I could be sick. So to stand by. Um, yeah, we appreciate you guys giving us feedback online on YouTube or not YouTube on like uh, iTunes reviews and things like that. So keep it up for us. Steve, Sammy, how you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. Started uh, decorating for Christmas. I know it's early. But uh, I just want to do it before the snow gets it down. You know, it's uh, just easier to do with putting the decorations outside if I don't have to go up a ladder in the snow. But I also have a lot of horror ornaments on my tree in my basement, and I was really looking forward to seeing them. So I put my tree up and put all those up. And my tree's really filling up. I really found a lot of cool horror ornaments over the last few years, and it's uh, love it. So awesome. Yep. Did you? Did you get that one ornament you sent us in the chat? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the one we talked about is from Homemade Horror. He does an exclusive ornament every year. Um, in the past, he's done the uh, primetime, uh, welcome to primetime bitch scene from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street part three, which was amazing. Then he did Jason uh, like tied to the to a rock you know, in the sea the year after. Last year, he did the Evil Dead cabin and this year he did the flat guy from kind of the uh, like dead world from Beetlejuice. So super looking forward to it and can't wait to resume it. Right on. Sammy, what about you? Anything going on? Um, what's going on? Um, I'm hoping that we can put up our Christmas tree this weekend. Um, although it feels like we just took it down because I think we actually did just take it down maybe like in July or something. Um, so yeah, I'm already watching Christmas movies, Christmas music, drinking Christmas coffee, although Halloween is my favorite thing in life. 
I also enjoy Christmas. So, yeah. Do you guys like eggnog? Yes. Well, yeah. I, hell yeah. Um, I so they make like a non-dairy version mm -hmm. of it, and it's so good. So, if you're lactose intolerant, it doesn't tear up your stomach, but it tastes just like actual milk um, eggnog. You guys heard it from Sam. If you don't want the violent poops, yep, get the non-dairy version. Oh, he constipated for three days. But what do I know? Did he drink it in a moose mug? Because that's the only way to drink eggnog. Moose mug. Yeah. No, I usually drink it in coffee though, and it's really good. Ooh, yeah, it's good. Put a little rum or whiskey in it too. I mean, I guess if you have to be uh, drunk about it sure <laughs> real quick before we get to the horror side of things are there a couple movies that are go-to christmas ones i can name a few um of course christmas vacation that's yes. you know amazing yes. um yeah. and then and then a christmas story of course it's always on in the background classic yeah i love home alone one and two mm -hmm. they're so fun have you watched them you, you watched them recently sam yeah, I watch them every year. Okay, so do we. They're they're amazing, and like my oh, kids yeah. love them too. Yeah, they're so good. And uh, we went to watch part. I think it was, there. There's four parts, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, the you know three and four don't have Kevin McAllister in them. But my son was like, "What the heck is this? Like, this isn't Kevin. Doesn't look anything like him." And he turned it off. I'm like, "That's a good boy." <laughs> good taste. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, I watch that one every year. Uh, I usually try to make a tradition to watch it every Christmas Eve. Um, and Michael Caine, I think he's like the best portrayal of Scrooge ever. So, um, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, and for me, other than Christmas Vacation, because of course that one's you know, the best. Uh, some of my favorites are Scrooged with uh, Bill Murray. Oh, I yeah. like uh, The Bad Santas. I, I like both of them. Uh, the first one's better, but I think both of them are pretty good. And uh, you know what's really like starting to grow on me I, I used to hate it and now for some reason it's something that i'm starting to look forward to it's jim carrey's the grinch uh really hated it the first time i saw it and i kept watching it every year for some stupid reason and now i'm like i really love it like it actually makes me laugh so yeah it's just one of those things i guess it's a good one and jim carrey is terrifying in it he is yeah <laughs> it's, that would have scared me as a kid like if i yeah. watched that when i was a young kid yeah, he's a psychopath Mm -hmm. and and actually, don't forget Die Hard. Die Hard's excellent. Yeah, of course. Die Hard is like, you have to watch Die Hard. I actually um, have a tradition where my brother in law and I watch it every Christmas uh, Eve oh, morning. Awesome. So, yeah, it's something else. And something that people might not know about me is I have a really big obsession with Bumble from Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, which is the uh, like kind of um, snow creature that is in that uh, cartoon animated stop motion short uh, so much so that I have a small tree that's just bumble decorations that I put in my office so that's something that I and I always watch that movie when I'm decorating my tree usually nice yeah well not to get uh, you know to go back a little from another holiday Thanksgiving uh, Sam and I started the tradition of watching planes trains and automobiles every Thanksgiving morning so we'll be doing that for Thanksgiving morning this year again, too. It's kind of sad, though. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's funny, but, man, it does it get a little sad at the end. It does, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, when is your Thanksgiving? Is it next week? Yeah, next Thursday. Black Friday yeah. sales. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was looking. Uh, Walmart has a 70-inch TV for four ninety-eight. So, what's the specs on it? What we got? HDR ten or what? It's a four. I know it's four K. Um, it's a Viz- It's a Vizio. I don't know all the other specs, but I'll, I'll send you the link, Totter, if you're interested. Yeah, send to the group. But, I mean, if you're not going to watch 4K movies though, then it doesn't really matter for the yeah. HDR. But yeah, it's because well. I me, Sam and I need a new TV. And but we were in Target the other day, and uh, I showed Sam this TV. Like the picture quality on it, like blew my mind. I think it was called Sam. Do you remember what the name of it was? No, I don't. Yeah. I don't know, but like they had like you know those like the, the display ones, you know, like when you're watching and they have like these like it shows like you can see like basically like the like they had like the honeycomb and you could see it was like mm-hmm. so vivid and like amazing looking. Yeah, watch, yeah. watch planet, watch the planet Earth documentary. And yeah, I def, it's crazy. Definitely. Before we get to questions, have you guys have any of you guys seen Megan is Missing, the movie from 2011? No. Okay, well, Sam and I watched it um, a long time ago, um, but it's like in the news right now because it's gone. It's like super viral right now. Apparently, it's like a TikTok challenge where kids are like young kids are like watching Megan is Missing and reacting to it. Um, and I just find it like super interesting that a movie that's almost ten years old is like the talk of the town right now. Uh, hmm. You know, I guess in a way it's good because it's like a super low budget indie horror movie. Um, but it is a disturbing movie and it's actually like a good tale of um, being careful of who you talk to online. And I actually really think it's a good movie. So I, I would recommend it. Well, Joe, you went against the grain on it. You gave it a three and a half on letterbox and it's a 1.6 overall. Exactly. Hmm. <laughs> I think a lot of people rate it low because of like how disturbed they were by it. I mean, and it's also like super low budget so i i just think a lot like i think a normal person like going in and watching like a low budget movie is not going to give it the time of day or is it going to like automatically find faults in it whereas like when i go and watch like a low budget horror movie i uh i give it a lot of uh you know slack do you though for the most part yeah like i'm always willing to give um yeah i'm always willing to give it a little more uh rope you know before it hangs itself just reading on it a little bit people are comparing uh comparing the director to kind of like a victor salva with an unnecessary sexualization of kids so maybe that's why it's getting interesting yeah stuff yeah. i didn't think of it what do you think of it sam um i mean i remember it being creepy i don't think it was like too i don't i don't know i guess it I feel like it it was like a lifetime movie. Was it not that, Joe? It like definitely had a lifetime movie feel. However, it gets like so dark and disturbing like at the end of the movie that it's, it's not nothing like, it's lifetime not like, whatever. It's not like gore disturbing. It's just Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I think maybe that's why people uh in a way are disappointed with it cuz they think that it's going to be like gory and um shocking but it's just like oh wow this stuff does happen but i liked it yeah todd i think you should watch it like especially having a daughter i think it might Mm. disturb you (laughs) 
Oh, thanks. <laughs> TikTok is banned in our household, by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think TikTok should be banned for children. I agree. If your kid is you, if your kid or little brothers and sister is using TikTok, there are so many pedophiles on there that mm -hmm. are getting off on your innocent children and your innocent brothers and sisters. So get them off. Like there's no need for them to use it. It's disgusting how many kids, like even just on the homepage that come through like scrolling. And I'm just like, this is inappropriate. Like what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, not to get too deep into this. I know Steve wants to ask questions, but I think it's part of that generation where like my generation with kids lets their kids do whatever the fuck they want on computers and phones and all that. And since we didn't grow up with it, we don't really know how to control it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her friends, there's some fucking weird shit on TikTok that I've seen from her friends. I'm like, no, like if I see you with Snapchat or TikTok, your fucking phone's getting crushed. So it's crazy. Hmm. All right, uh, before Steve heads into questions, I just wanted to announce a giveaway. Uh, since we did the special last week, uh, Harrison Smith, the director of the movie, reached out to us and uh, is personally going to give um, five signed copies of the special, um, five Blu-rays, um, to our listeners. So a uh, big thanks to uh, the director, Harrison Smith. Um, basically, all you have to do is review the special on uh, you know either IMDb or Amazon or wherever you'd like. Screenshot your review and email to us the Horror Squad Podcast at gmail.com and you will be entered into the giveaway. And yeah, we have five copies. So uh, if you do it, I think you'll have a pretty good chance of winning. So yeah, good luck. Is this open everywhere or is it just the US thing? Um, that's a great question. He he didn't say if it was uh, international or not, but you know what? If uh, an I'll do, if an international uh, person wants to do it, I will. I'll pay for the sh I'll cover the shipping on that. Ooh, awesome. All right. Perfect. So you guys want to get to some questions? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, you can ask us those questions on social media at the Horror Squad Podcast uh, or on email thehorrorsquadpodcast at gmail .com. First one comes to us from Mandy, and I think these, this question is getting uh, it's getting to the end here. So she asked us, uh, name me some horror movies that start with the letter X. Uh, X. Extro. Ooh, what's that? E-X-T-R-O. Just, um, if you like special effects, then that's the movie for you. I'll leave you at that. I don't know if I know any that start with X. The only one I could think of is XX, but that movie's terrible, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Dan, the only one I've watched in the last year was called just X, and it was about, it's like an Australian film of a prostitute who kind of gets into a, uh, a crime syndicate, like mixed in by accident and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it's not something I would necessarily categorize as horror, even though they do. But uh, if you like that kind of stuff, uh, maybe check it out on Tubi. But other than that, that's really all I have uh, with X in horror. Wow. Anyway. Todd, there's like three extra movies. Uh, it'll be from like 80, 81 or two or something like that. I, wow. I didn't know. I didn't realize there were sequels to it as well. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm I'm not like vouching for it or anything, but yeah, <laughs> it's the only one I could, comes to my mind. Okay, uh, I guess like, 
like the X Files movie. If that counts. I hate I hate the movies personally. Do you? Yeah. yeah. All right. Show's great though. <laughs> Show's oh my gosh. So the, yeah, the, go monster, the monster of the week episodes are like the best. There you go. Yeah, just watch the show. I think that's the only X suggestion we have. <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, and I think it has a horror vibe. But I, again, I haven't vouched for it personally. But X Men: The New Mutants just came out on Blu-ray uh, the week that we're like today, the day we're recording. So this week for when the episode comes out, and apparently it's not as bad as people thought. So apparently, it's probably the most horror of the more recent i guess marvel films so yeah i want to check it out for sure um i heard a lot of people i heard some people comparing it to like uh nightmare on Elm street 3 the dream warriors so that kind of intrigued me right, <laughs> right. there so, yeah <laughs> uh, definitely a good uh, comparison if that's true uh all right so we'll leave it at that for now her next question who would you each really want to interview if you had the chance but no obvious answers the most out of the box pick you can think of. Ooh. Um, maybe this isn't like out of the box, but maybe not like a huge icon or anybody like that. Like I'd really like to interview Robert Eggers, um, the director of The Witch in the Lighthouse. I think he would be a really interesting interview. Um, also Ari Aster, obviously, um, would be from director of Midsummer and hereditary um those would be my two big ones i think right now out of the box i'm still thinking here sorry all right uh, sam do you got it um out of the box off the top of my head out of the box no off the top of my head um it would be interesting to talk to diablo cody who did jennifer's body yeah that's that's kind of out of the box i don't think a lot of people would think of her you know in the top like five people would think of like robert england right. or things mm -hmm. like that so i think that's a good answer all right yeah. oh, awesome. i got mine now all right maybe robert schaefer um for the non-horror fans he plays bob vance fans refrigeration in the office <laughs> and he's also the killer cop in psycho cop. cop yeah that's right yep so psycho cop one and two number two is like i think it's excellent so if you want to watch one of those watch part two first I actually just got his autograph like this week. Uh, that's badass. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you guys a picture. Um, for me, so th this would be not an obvious pick because he's not known for horror, but it's someone who I really respect in the horror genre. And that's um, James Rolfe, from, who's known as the angry video game nerd to most people. But he also runs a website called Cinemassacre that really has a lot of cool horror stuff in it. Uh, he makes horror videos that are really outside of the box. Like, for example, he compared all the Dracula films to see how they compare to the novel. Um, he does something called Monster Madness almost every October where he reviews more obscure films. Uh, he does like chronological movies about you know, the Hammer films and Universal Monsters and all sorts of stuff. He's a really interesting guy and I think a great ambassador for horror. And he's also made some short films and stuff. And I love to talk to him about just horror yeah. stuff in general. I feel like I've been watching him for 20 years. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Uh, since, since, yeah, he's probably the first YouTuber I ever watched. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be at least 14 years. So it's, yeah, it's been mm -hmm. a while. <laughs> yeah. So he'd be a really cool interview for me. Um, her last question 
is I haven't seen this movie yet, but Steve told me that it was pretty scary. Uh, this talking about our movie tonight. What's the scariest movie you've seen in 2020 so far? And if this is the one, what's the runner-up? Oh, I'm about to pull up my list. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would, I, I think this one's up there for sure. And as far as another one, I thought Z had its moments that were pretty terrifying. Yeah, which I think we're covering next week, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Um, we actually, well, I guess we can announce this now. We have, we're gonna have the director on uh, for that episode as well. So stay tuned. Mm. But yeah, um, I'd say this one, and also I guess I don't know. I think the Lodge had its moments as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like like traditional jump scares though for this right. one. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with Z because I, I think the Dark and the Wicked is the scariest one this year so far. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with uh, yeah, I'll go with um. Well, Host had some good moments too, though. It did. Host is a good mm-hmm. one for sure. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to Joe about this the other day because uh, I was telling him a movie that I watched, and he asked if it would be like in my top five or whatever for this year, and I honestly don't remember anything that I've watched um the one that we're reviewing tonight was pretty scary um I can't really think of anything off the top of my head Joe did you think of any or um I'm going through my list right now um I mean not really I mean there really wasn't like a lot of like super anything super scary this year I I think I think the I think like Todd said the uh, host would probably be the best one as far as like jump scares go yeah um and that's for me yeah the one tonight and we're going to talk about during the review I thought was uh, pretty damn scary uh but I think my runner-up would be I don't know if you guys have watched this yet I recommended it last week and that's his house uh I thought had some great scares in that one as well mm-hmm. so um Definitely one that I would recommend to people uh, to check out. On my what watch for tonight. Yeah, I'll second that too. (laughs) So the next one comes to us from Chuck. He says, what situation in a movie had slash has a lasting impact on you? Mine is Final Destination ruined log trucks for me. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Definitely. Every time. We actually talked to, uh, was it the writer or the director or both? Yeah, the, uh, the writer that, and director, yep. Yeah, about that exact scene and having ruined people. Like, it actually, like, fundamentally changed how people drive in that movie, so. Yeah, Ghost of War episode. Um, right. I can't remember his name. I think you got to go classic for me, with the, which is Jaws, man. You, I, I just can't swim in the ocean. Fucking sharks, man. It's a good one. Um... I, I don't know. Yeah, I think Jaws is a good one. Shark, like sharks in the ocean, definitely creepy. Can't think of anything else. Yeah, got any? Um, I know I always talk about this movie, but The Strangers Home Invasion is like my worst nightmare. And oh yeah, I'm I'm thankful to survive every night that I live. So, uh, and for me, it would definitely be uh, arachnophobia specifically the scene where the tarantula is in the toilet and in the popcorn. Uh, I watched it in the early 90s when it came out. And to this day, I check the (laughs) toilet and I can't eat anything that's been left out without me looking at it. 
um, like for more than let's say a, a few minutes, you know, obviously if I walk away from my bowl of popcorn for a minute and I come back, it's fine. But if it's been there for <laughs> 10, 15 minutes without me being there, I can't eat anymore. It's over. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, it actually scarred me for life. That's that stupid movie, but I can still watch it today. It's not like, you know, that bad, but it's still, it just, it's changed the way I do certain things. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel that they say you like eat like two spiders a year in your sleep? Uh, well, for me, I, I, that would be false. Uh, it was definitely, it's definitely zero. I, I have a CPAP, so. Oh, okay. Mask on so spiders can't come in. There you go. Uh, but I do check my tube before going to sleep every day because I'm just afraid that one day I'm going to suck in a spider that's been playing fucking nesting in there. What if it goes in the water tank like a water spider, Steve? It can't get into the tube well, from, from the water never tank. Never say can't, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you got to check that tonight, please. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, but I also clean out the water tube every day, so I would know mm. something was in there. They're shifty, buddy. <laughs> Can't trust some Canadian spiders. I already tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So his next question is, would you still have a job if your internal monologues could be heard by everyone? I would 100% get fired. Yeah, yeah probably not. <laughs> I don't I think anyone would have a job. I wouldn't mm. have a boyfriend. I wouldn't have anything. <laughs> nope. Oh, man. I, I always compare myself to Homelander uh, for anyone that's watched The Boys. Um, there's a scene where he's at a crowd and he's waving everybody. He's like, hey, he's like, you fucking cocksuckers. And he's smiling and they can't hear him. It's, that's me in my head every time. So everyone's on uh, <laughs> 100%. Yep. Definitely. See, on my end, if we're just looking at work, like my internal monologue about people I work with and stuff, I would say no, because I actually really like the people I work with and the job I do. Um, but if they, if it was like me driving or something like that, then yeah, most definitely I would get fired right away. Um, yeah, I hate people in general. So that's, ugh, I hate crowds and everything. I've got Costco. If I go to Costco, my internal monologue is a pretty dark place, <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, so his final question, best horror pickup line. Mine would be, I'll be the Michael to your Lori, never stop chasing you. Uh, sweet. <laughs> uh shark attack part three um the guy says man i'm, I'm tired but i'm kind of wired how about i take you back to my hotel and eat your pussy <laughs> <laughs> youtube it shark attack three all right then <laughs> i honestly don't know i can't think of one hmm are you freddy krueger because you make me want to stay up all night long Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> did it work? I don't know. I mean, I've never used it. But <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> All right, hold on. I Googled some. Hey, baby, you turned me on as quickly as Leatherface turns on his chainsaw. Oh. You like that one? I wouldn't harm you any more than I would my own mother, Norman Bates. All right, move along, Steve. <laughs> uh, all right so thank you chuck for those questions uh moving on to mike over on facebook he says favorite kill by killer or by hero heroine oh i got one tommy jarvis friday part four he fucking machetes the shit out of jason Voorhees. laurie chopping off michael's head in h2o how sad 
Well, I mean, technically she didn't. It was a paramedic. Technic, but... Yeah, but at the time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going with the canon of resurrection. Uh, yeah, and for me, there, there's a lot, obviously, over the years that I really liked. But the one I mentioned, that the ornament I have, I fucking love when Freddie uh, puts her head to the TV and says, welcome to primetime, bitch. I just, there's something about that scene I just really love. All right, we'll come, we'll come back to you, Sam, if you, uh, if you think of one. Uh, next question comes to us from Corey. He says, a movie that didn't have a sequel, but you'd like to see one. The Burning. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, sometimes I just like when a movie just stands alone and it doesn't need a sequel. So, but the, I think The Burning's a, a perfect example of one that could have used a sequel. So I'm, I'll go with that. Or My Bloody Valentine, too. Oh, yeah God, I was thinking i'm sorry go ahead and say it no you're fine but i was just like yeah i think i would be up for that definitely yeah uh i, I would like a sequel to the remake of dawn of the dead like just being in that world now i know zach Snyder just wrapped on his new zombie film so maybe that's kind of what we're getting but i would like to see a continuation of that particular story was that army of the dead or something yeah something like that was dave batista We'll see. I, th- I think he just finished wrapping like today or yesterday or something. Oh, like really? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, all right. So the last question we have is from Kayla. She says, uh, watch the David Arquette wrestling documentary. So pick a random horror character. They are your tag team partner in a wrestling match. Ooh. Uh, so who do you pick? And then there's going to be a face off, but I'm not going to tell you guys who's facing off against who until. You guys pick one. You can pick anyone you want. Uh, pick a random horror character. That's all she says. Yeah. Oh. Just pick a random horror character. Mm-hmm. Chucky. <laughs> Leprechauns. Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, I'll go Freddy. Freddy Krueger. All right. So now she says they are your tag team partner in a wrestling match. So who would win between Sam versus Todd. Ooh. Leatherface versus Chucky and me versus Sam. Leatherface, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think I can uh, trick him with like a like a hamburger or something. No. I think I could. I'm like, hey man, like barbecue? And he's like, yeah. And then you give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah, I I think Leatherface and who's Leatherface and Sam? I would that would take Leatherface and Sam in that match. Mm. Of course you would. <laughs> <laughs> You're going down, Todd and Chucky. See, I, I think Chucky. You're not best friends for life. <laughs> Play hide the soul. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd have to get to Chucky in that case. I think Leatherface is too dumb. Like Chucky would outsmart. The brains, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he might turn on you real quick. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell Chucky I'm gonna give him Sam's soul if he wins, and he'd be motivated. Nah, I'll love on Chucky and then I'll melt his heart and he'll be like, wow, why am I such an asshole in life? No, because Tiffany would be in the crowd and she'd probably <laughs> murder you. Cut me. She'd cut a bitch. <laughs> and then who's your guys' versus right. each other? So it's uh, Freddy Krueger versus what, Leprechaun? Yes. Uh-oh. Are we talking, Fred? does Freddy have powers? Well, yeah. So does Leprechaun. <laughs> so we're in the- oh, that's- oh, you're right. Um, 
Yeah, but Freddy doesn't have powers in the real world, only in the dream world. So I guess it just depends on the situation. So if you're in the dream world, Freddy wins because he'll kill Joe. But if they're in the real world, I think Leprechaun's got it because his magic works in the real world. Right. Yeah, makes sense. One lip. And um, she finishes off saying, who is the ultimate champion? Probably Leatherface because he has a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> I'm going Leprechaun. He's got the powers. He can stop everyone. Yeah, but if you have a clover, he's done. <laughs> True. <laughs> but Leatherface is like human. He could just be killed easily. Yeah, but I mean, Le- Leprechaun got defeated by fucking Ollie. So it's like not really a big challenge with him. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Ollie versus Leatherface is like a better matchup. Ooh. Like intellectually, they're both kind of the same level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is fun. <laughs> I don't know. We could be underestimating Freddy here too, though. Yeah, it just depends what, like, how it works. Well, I mean, see, I- like, it just depends what, because, like, in part two, he had powers. That's why I hated part two so much, because, like, he gets pulled out, like, he comes out of the dream world and he has those powers. So I guess it just depends on what Freddy you're getting. But he never plays by the rules either, so I think he might have a good chance of winning. Yep. But he also goes out like a bitch a lot. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. They all do. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know. be interesting to see, for sure. I mean, Leatherface lives throughout most of his films, right? He lives in all of them. If he's he strong, he can literally mm-hmm. just, like, flick someone and they're already dead. He's like Hulk. Yeah, so, so we, we can't let that go. I mean, he's one of the only horror icons that doesn't die. Yeah, he's never been killed in any of them. So, yeah, because yeah. how do you bring him back? Because he does—he's not supernatural, right? That's true. <laughs> he has more to fight for then. It's true. Yeah. All right. So, how do we? How do we pick who wins? Do we ask Kayla to tell us based on what we said <laughs> who she thinks so let, will win? Let the listeners decide. They can send us private pms through the horror squad instagram or something let us know so based on the discussions we had which one do you think is the ultimate champion there we go and uh yeah so that's all we had for this week thank you very much for the questions and now a word from our sponsor everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval deadly grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Alright, it's time for What Watched. Who wants to lead it off? You can go. You watched like a thousand films, so... I did, I did. I've watched... How many did I tell you? 25? 25, 26, yeah. I've been on the quarantine, yeah. Um, All right. Okay, so my first one was on Halloween night, and it's the original Halloween. Um, I mean, a yearly tradition, obviously, and not a lot I can say about it. It's one of the best slashes of all times, one of the best horror movies of all times in my top 10. Um, Just perfect, man. Uh, Every time I watch it, I love, like, I, I just love it. It doesn't get old. So Halloween 1978, of course, directed by John Carpenter. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of low budge, you know. Yeah, well, it was low budge. 
True. I mean, you get it's like all the cool kids like it, so you might not like be mm. into it. Mm. All right. All right. I guess I'll go next. Um, my first one tonight is a 2020 release titled Black Box. Um, this one, I believe, is a yeah, it's an Amazon original movie, so you can check it out on Amazon Prime. Uh, this one is about a um, uh, this is a tough one to describe because I don't want to spoil anything. So I'll just read the IMDb plot synopsis. So uh, Black Box is about a man struggling to regain his memory after surviving a tragic car accident. Desperate to return to his former self while trying to raise his daughter, he receives an experimental treatment that helps him probe into a past which suddenly feels too dark to be his own. Uh, so yeah, um, I actually really, um, this one's pretty solid. It's, uh, it's not gonna make my top 10 or anything of the year, but, uh, I would definitely recommend, uh, checking it out. Um, it's very well acted. I, I don't want to compare it to get out, but, uh, there is a lot of comparisons to it, but it's definitely not on the same level as a get out. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, if you're a fan of like get out, uh, I think you would dig this one and uh, yeah, I'd check it out. So I watched, I'm thinking of ending things. It's on Netflix. Um, they classify it as thriller slash horror. It's quite the long movie, two hours and 14 minutes. Um, I'll read you the little description of it. Full of misgivings, a young woman travels with her new boyfriend to his parents secluded farm and I want to say it's kind of artsy. I was thinking if, um, have any of you guys seen it? I know Joe hasn't yet. No. Um, I was thinking, I was like, I think Steve might like this. Um, I don't think Todd would, uh, but it's based off of a book, I guess. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it, but it's not what you are going to think. It's not what you think it is, uh, but I still really liked it. And I think it's probably in my top 10 for this year. Was that title again, Sam? I'm thinking of ending things. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'll add it to the list for sure. Um, my first one is from 2019. I watched it over on Amazon Prime and that's Countdown. So this movie stars Elizabeth Lale, which most people would know her as Gwen from You. Um, it's basically people download this app that tells you exactly when you're going to die. And if you mess around with the rules, then the, the Grim Reaper is sent to kill you. Um, it's a pretty basic kind of teen horror film on the same level as something like Truth or Dare. Um, nothing too special about it. Uh, I've seen the concept done before and honestly, I've seen it done better, but it's still like an enjoyable ish film. Uh, something that I'm, I'm glad I watched, but probably will never watch again. Uh, just that kind of film. So I don't really have much else to say about it, but if you don't want to check it out, it's over on prime countdown. Alrighty. This is one Sam talked about a long time ago. It's called dark ride from 2006. I think Sam talked about it, right? I think we both did, Joe and I. Okay. Yeah. With uh, huh? With the kid from the Sandlot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it looks like a kid from the Sandlot. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, 2006 Dark Ride. It is about a 
group of young adults or old I don't know 20 year olds yeah they're on a trip to go look at like an abandoned um like carnival ride that's you know the horror carnival ride you walk through on a on a on a train and stuff and you have skeletons jumping out of you and shit like 10 years earlier though there was a murderer that put all his victims in there and now it's opening up again so they're gonna go back and check it out um <clears throat> excellent graphics like i love the gore it's top notch in this one i just didn't like the characters and uh i thought the main guy um like freaked out for like no reason he was pranked and then he like goes on and on for like 10 minutes about how it's mean and everything and it just he didn't react like i like a normal 20 year old guy would in my opinion um and then the sandlot kid i just like unfortunately it sucks that he will always be that character from the sandlot um because he's a good actor it's just I, I had trouble getting past the sandlot to be honest so um kind of on the lower end for me but if you really want gore there's some excellent gore in it so tubi uh, has dark ride tubi tuber tubi uh all right my next one is a uh, another 2020 release i'm trying to get all these 2020 movies in before our end of the year list um and this one was called darkness in tenement 45 um, this one takes place during like the Cold War, um, where there is a big fear that there is going to be uh, basically like a nuclear holocaust. Um, so um, these, uh, you know, a group of people ends up quarantining uh, inside of a uh, apartment building. Uh, you know, they board themselves in and whatnot, uh, and basically. Uh, you know, think of sort of like the mist, like where everyone's just in isolation and, you know, panic starts to set in and paranoia and whatnot and kind of, you know, it, it deals with a lot of uh, just stuff that happens when you're in isolation and uh, quarantine. Um, overall, I liked this movie um however it, it's very it's low budget um and there is a lot of um just like weird stuff going on in this like uh mainly uh like the setting it's literally in one setting the whole time um which i think hurts the movie a little bit uh also the look of the movie is very just grainy um, and just does not look great. Um, and then I, I don't want to give too much away here, but there's like really weird incestuous stuff in it as well that I felt like was completely out of place and was unnecessary for the movie. Um, however, the lead actress in this is fantastic. Um, and the ending was pretty good. It was pretty damn good, which, you know, brought this up to, um, I ended up rating it three stars on Letterboxd. Um, so I think it's an okay one-time watch. Um, nothing amazing, but a decent time killer. Got anything else there? Um, nothing horror related. All right. Um, my next one is from 2016. I watched it over on Tubi, and that's She's Allergic to Cats. Uh, this story is about a dog groomer in Hollywood who aspires to be something more. Uh, he wants to get into the film industry. He makes these really weird analog video experimental films. And uh, he's tired of his really like kind of low income uh, degrading life. He's got rats in his uh, house and 
all this stuff is just his life is just in shambles and he meets this girl and they go on this date and then a bunch of weird shit happens um this movie is filmed like a film teacher's fucking wet dream uh at least the film teachers i had in college it's super experimental it plays around with the image a lot but to me uh i'm over that pretentious crap uh i just want to watch something that's good not kind of experimental for the sake of being experimental so i thought this was just a weird misfire um i know if you read on like letterboxd or uh, imdb that kind of people either really love this film or really hate it uh, i'd be definitely closer to the hating it one i mean it, it was okay but overall i definitely would stay away unless you like really experimental type films so that's uh, she she's allergic to cats over on tubi God, it was the worst when you had to watch student films and they're like oh fuck bright purple lighting and like inverted shots and you're like what the fuck is this yeah and then your teacher's like <laughs> so brilliant yeah and they yeah. get mad at you when you have a horror movie like this isn't this is yeah, exactly <laughs> this isn't art <laughs> you're supposed to watch movies from jean Marnot from oh, 1942 okay. <laughs> you know, like i want to be depressed when i'm watching a movie yeah, yeah right <laughs> all right uh last and certainly least this time around is Puppet Master Axis of Evil from 2010. Next week when I talk about what watch, I will be done with this series. Um, but this is the first in the Axis trilogy that closes out the Puppet Master series. And it's about, uh, they, they try to go deep with this one. Uh, middle of World War II, although they get the, the dates wrong, which is a very big pet peeve because you can just Google when World War II was and then you get it correct instead of just throwing shit out here. Charles Band. Um, but a set in America and this dude can't serve World War II because he has like a deformity. Um, meanwhile, Nazis and Japanese soldiers are openly walking around the United States and they're plotting, uh, you know, to destroy things and things like that. But the U.S. government is inept. So the puppet master guy has to take over. He finds Andre Toulon's puppets and they help him to defeat the Japs and the Germans. Um, it's terrible. The, the, these movies have gone downhill the last two or three and this one is no different. So unless you're a completionist and you want to watch all of them, go for it. But there's not a lot in this one. So skip it. Uh, Todd, are you going to talk about Wolf of Snow Hollow? Because I can say mine for next week, too. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm like 30 deep now, so I won't get to it for a while. I can talk about it. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, my last one for tonight uh, is a 2000, another 2020 release. Uh, titled The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, this one is about, uh, you know, this small, uh, you know, mountain town is being basically terrorized by a serial killer. Um, or is it a werewolf? We really don't know, I guess. Um, well, thanks for but, spoiling uh, it for everybody, you son of a bitch. Well, we don't, that's not really a spoiler because, we, you know, you don't really know. Redo sure. it, Joe. Steve edited it out. That's not a spoiler. That's a giant Todd. spoiler. Nah, I don't think so. All right. Well, now that I said that, now it is definitely a giant spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so I really, I went into this like really blind. I didn't watch a trailer for it. Nothing. Um, I saw it, um, highly rated by Todd. So I wanted to check it out, and um, I was overall disappointed with this one. I'm sorry, Todd. Uh, and win them all. 
So, yeah, my big problem with this was tonally. It was all over the place. Um, It went from a serious movie to a comedy back to a serious movie. Um, And I don't know if that was like an intentional choice. I don't know. Like, Todd, is that how the director is? You said you watched his previous movie. Is it like a similar type of thing he does? Yeah, he's very like my story is a comedy, but I'm going to play it like a drama, you know? Okay. Yeah. So like, and at times I think it worked well where like, I thought it was funny and other times it didn't work for me and like took me out of the movie. Uh, So it was like a fine enough one time watch, but it's not something I would personally recommend. Um, So yeah. Fuck you then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what'd you love about it? Can you want to talk about it a little? Yeah. um, So yeah, it's a small town and it, it, revolves around a group of uh, small town sheriffs uh, played by Jim Cummings, who's a director and writer and star of this movie, just like his last one, Thunder Road, which was my favorite non-horror movie last year. Um, Yeah, they're investigating a series of gruesome crimes that are, a lot of people say, oh, it's a fucking werewolf. Other people are like, no, it's a guy. So we're trying to figure out what it is. But yeah, like Joe said, it's completely right. It's, you'll have comedic scenes and then the very next shot will be the sheriff yelling at how incompetent his cops are and the next one is a horror scene so it's very all over the place so if you you're not like into that it won't work for you um but i really like this director so i was kind of like i already knew i was gonna like it if that makes sense because i like the director so much um so yeah it's in my top 10 for sure this year you, you yeah. didn't like the ending of it at least i mean it was like a chuckle but it made me like roll my eyes what the way the very very ending or uh the showdown like the, the, show, of the uh, yeah i mean the showdown scene was cool like that's what honestly this movie was like a one and a half um Jeez. for me and then the last 15 minutes or so bumped it up to me because i enjoyed that part so much um which i bumped it up to a two and a half on my letterbox <laughs> rating based off of that but yeah it's just i just was not feeling this one i would recommend Anyone that does want to watch it, watch the trailer probably first and see if it's something uh, you'd watch. I mean, also like it is low budget. It is very, it's pretty low budget too. Um, and I, I think with maybe a bigger budget, they could have done some cooler stuff with it. But yeah, I don't know. This one just wasn't for me. It like it wasn't nearly as bad as the Dead Don't Die, but it, the comedy like it uh, the the comedy bits reminded me a little bit of that. Like kind of like dry humor um which just i don't know i guess it's just not for me don't listen to joe i'm so <laughs> conflicted like <laughs> i well i mean you loved dead don't die and i, I would not yeah. compare it to that just because dead don't <laughs> die is like i hated dead don't die well me too but dead don't die is like um it's like completely on the like on the nose like hey right. we're... no yeah no it's very different this one's yeah. like very a lot more quirkier um mm-hmm. for sure I, I mean, I enjoyed this a lot more than The Dead Don't Die, but uh, yeah, it's still just, this one was not for me. I think Steve might like this one, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely add it to the list. Um, my final one this week, uh, like I said before, I started Christmas decorating, so that means I also started watching Christmas movies, and in this case, a horror Christmas movie. So my first one uh, that I'm going to talk about over the next month and a half, because there will be a lot of them, is uh, from 20... 20- it's from 2005 it's over on Tubi and that's Bill Goldberg's Santa's Sleigh 
So in this one, Bill Goldberg plays the son of the devil who loses a bet with an angel and is forced to become Santa Claus for a thousand years. But once the wager's uh, time has finally run out, he can go on his Santa ways and start murdering anyone and everyone who gets in his path. And uh, yeah, that's basically the plot of it. I hadn't seen this since probably the mid 2000s, around the time when it came out, because I was a huge wrestling fan at the time. And I remember it being really, really bad. But having watched it again now, I got to say, I, I really fucking loved it. Um, you know, it's, it's fun. It's the, the kills are really crazy. Uh, obviously, the acting is terrible, uh, at least from Bill Goldberg. But um, there's a lot to love about this movie. The first scene has Chris Kattan, James Caan, Fran Drescher, and Bill Goldberg comes in and murders them all. And it's just like, it's fucking crazy. Uh, it also stars Emily DeRaven, who most people would know from um, Lost. She played Claire. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it was a fun film and something that I think I'm going to start putting on my annual Christmas horror rotation. So it's over on Tubi. Check it out. It's time to slay. All right. Tubi. Tubi. I think it's time for trivia. Trivia, folks. All righty. We're nearing the end of our yearly trivia. Um, so this is getting down to the nitty gritty, folks, as Steve has closed the gap, ladies mm, and gentlemen. Not good. <laughs> so currently we have uh, Sam with 46 points. That's right. Joe with 72. Lame. Steve with 83. Lame. And Todd with the mm. 87 points. Yes. Who wants to start us off tonight? Well, give me some freaking questions that aren't super hard, okay? All right, I'll start us off. I'll, I'll give you an easy one, Todd, okay? Okay, I'll try. It's an easy one for Let's everyone. See. Wait, I forgot to unmute. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Nah. No, 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 mute, mute yourself, Steve. Yeah, I can yeah. hear an echo. Mute <laughs> I got the unmute. Okay, sorry. Steve, Steve, you're unmuted. Steve, you're unmuted. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Everyone unmuted. Steve, is it Steve, hit the mute button. You're unmuted. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. My first question is, in what fictional town does Scream take place? Woodsboro. Correct. No, I almost said Haddonfield like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, on the board, baby. And, and for Steve's sanity, I cut down my orgasm noises. For, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I just it, was, did it. it was getting so last episode was so long i'm like man I, I either have to cut this or put it as the bumper of the episode for for the special because goddamn i'll just do a deep rumble for now on mm. yeah, yeah. all right since i got one i'll go next all right in halloween how was linda killed she's yeah samantha with the strangling Sam, Sam, I'll give you one bonus point if you can tell me the murder oh, weapon. Cord. Oh, wait, what? what? Yeah, tell me the murder weapon for her. Telephone cord. That is correct. Two points for Sam. All right. Appreciate that, Todd. You're welcome. Nailed it. Nailed that's, a good it. that's a good show, by the way. Nailed it? Hell yeah, that's a great show. I never heard of it. Oh, it's Netflix. It's like a cooking show where they they try to like cook like famous things that always comes out terrible and they say nailed it oh all right <laughs> all right uh i'll go 
So my uh, first question comes to us from Weezerface. So thank you very much for the question. Uh, she says, uh, American film magazine Cine Fantastique once dedicated an entire issue to this film, proclaiming it the Citizen Kane of horror. Uh, Halloween. No, incorrect. Fuck. Read it again. I wasn't paying attention. Me either. Okay. <laughs> Todd, I'll give you card blanche. Okay, you can. Okay, thank answer. you. I don't know what that means. I'm gonna take it as disrespect. But go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, American film magazine Cine Fantastique once dedicated an entire issue to this film, proclaiming it the Citizen Kane of horror. Ah, uh, we seen that tasty. Would I pass? In I'll the... say The Exorcist. Uh, no. Citizen Kane. Too, Sorry, Sam? Was I wrong too? What'd you say? I said Psycho. No. Good guess, though. That was a good guess. Both those are good guess, man. I don't Citizen Kane. Um uh Sans the Lambs? No. Well, uh, you guys go up? Yeah. Can you give us another hint? Uh there it's been remade. How about that? <laughs> remade? Yeah. And, uh, mm. Dawn of the Dead? No. Darn. Baby? Has that been remade? Yeah. Huh, oh, didn't know that. Okay, I'll give you guys one last hint. In the remake stars Nicolas Cage. Wicker oh, Man. Oh, damn it. That's, that's correct. <laughs> the bees, not the bees. Yeah. Wow, the Siski Kane of Horror. Wicker Man is, uh, it's, I mean, it's good, but it, it's yeah. not great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. It's, I don't know. I would have thought Exorcist would have been the best answer for that. Yeah, but Cine Fantastique is a, a special Fantastique. I don't even know. I've never heard of it before. No. So, Sammy? Okay. You guys ready? Mm hmm. Okay. I'm doing, I'm going to do something new. Well, it's not new because Todd's done it before. It's like a Who Am I? Oh. oh okay. This is my first time doing this, and yes, I'm doing it off the top of my head, so bear with me. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Hey. <laughs> top of her head. <laughs> my father and mother are both deceased. Okay. Some would say I have the most beautiful blue eyes. I even made an appearance in Casper. Who am I? Chris Ricci. Damn it. Devin Sawa. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have blue eyes. Nope. Both of them are now? Both of them are now. Wait, what was I heard Devin? Oh, and Christina? No. Yeah, you guys are wrong. Oh, and it was in Casper? It, I, it was a cameo. Um, who had a cameo in fucking Casper? Uh, oh. Dan Aykroyd. That, that, that's the one. I, that's the only cameo I remember. Me too. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you another clue. Uh oh. I also enjoy celebrating anal. <laughs> you might even see me dress up for Christmas, New Year's. What's that? What? I said, I said anal. I don't know if that's what you're asking. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> okay, here's the last clue. And you got you guys <laughs> quick. All right. I also enjoy telling stories. What? <laughs> <laughs> so 
hold yeah. on. Let, let's break it down together, team. Break it down, guys. Okay, we got guest appearance in Casper. It's not the main cast or Dan Aykroyd. We're talking about blue eyes here. They tell stories. <laughs> oh, well, um, I so like jokes and I like puns. Bill Pullman. Guys, oh, come on. <laughs> I think, I think I think we give up at this point. Was that the easy, um, the easy fucking, what am I? Or clue was the last one he gave us. I'm the crypt keeper. John Casier. Oh, the crypt keeper. Uh, does he appear in, Cas- Cas- in Casper? Yeah, crypt uh, keeper is in Casper. Yeah. Is he? Where? Yeah, very briefly. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't huh? remember that at all. Come on, guys, the blue eyes supposed to give it away. Yes. <laughs> that was a good one though yeah hell yeah i like those <laughs> joseph right. i'll go next mine also crypt keeper related interestingly Ooh. enough hold on steve you're muted go ahead and mute unmute him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll work eventually i i really thought it was the truth i was like okay well <laughs> This is actually real. This is actually scary, scarily like odd because Sam and I didn't even plan this. But all right, Kevin Yeager used this iconic, iconic character's <laughs> blue eyes from an old prop when creating the Crypt Keeper. Ducky. Correct. Really? Nice. Very cool. Hashtag Blue Eye Club. Hello, guys. Sam, you're killing it. Thanks, Steve. Okay from Weezerface. How many films did Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing make together? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'll, I'll do closest without going over. Keep in mind four. that... Four? Okay. Uh, keep in mind that they are like made a shit ton of movies in the Hammer Horror era, which they cranked out like... Yeah, they did, a, they did a lot. So I'll let you do another guess there, Joe. 23. Okay, Sammy's answer pretty good guess i would say 15 okay you know what i'm gonna resend my you can't go over because it's like a ridiculous number 40 it's okay so so i can guess one more time because i was going very sure 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 uh let's go with 63 well secretly trying to help out sam and i succeeded the answer is 22 oh I got you, girl. Thanks, Bob. Throw a couple questions my way. Couple <laughs> answers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sam or Steve? No, Steve. It's me. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much to uh, Trivial Pursuit Horror Edition for this one. <laughs> um, what talk show host was chained in the bathroom with Shaquille O'Neal in Scary Movie? Uh, Doctor Phil. That's correct. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How random. Yep, very yeah. random. <laughs> All right, let's hear everyone's Dr. Phil's impression. <laughs> I like to exploit people. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Sammy? What, Dr. Phil or trivia question? Both. All right, do the, tri- do the trivia in a Dr. Phil voice. I'm going to need some more time because <laughs> I do not have a trivia question. Okay. Wait, you don't have one? No, God. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll go then. All right. All right. 
How old was Reagan at the time of her possession in The Exorcist? 12. 13. 12. Steve. Uh, I mean, Todd. I'm sorry, Todd. Oh, yeah. Oh, how old was she? 12. 12. Hey. You said you it, Sam, but Steve, uh, Todd got it first. I didn't even hear Todd. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I heard him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to me here. Also in Halloween, Ooh. how is Annie Brackett killed? She's tra- choked. No, she's put a knife on the. She's put on a hook on the door. Incorrect. No, she's choked in the car. Oh yeah. Mm, Joe, we're kind of there. Stabbed through the back seat. Yeah. She, uh... Well, I guess I got to give one to Joe and Sam because they both have part of the answer she's yeah. she's choked out and then stabbed mm-hmm. so one each love it i'll take it all right uh so my next one just gotta pull it up here thurber texas <clears throat> no <laughs> dang it i wrote that down from the movie we watched. <laughs> <laughs> okay so in this one we're gonna go closest to the number without going over or does it matter doesn't matter okay according to tony todd in history of horror how many bee stings did he get while making Candy Man? 53. Mm, 75. 300, and I'm sticking to it. 300. Oof. Uh, nope. So uh, 53, that was you, Joe? Yes. So Joe with the point? Ugh. It was 26. All right. One is too many. <laughs> it is. 26 is a lot of bee stings. I've never been stung by a bee, but I've been stung by a wasp. And oh, a wasp is way worse. I've been stung by both. It's terrible. Sam? Uh, Sam's got needs two questions here, Sammy. Well, how am I supposed to find trivia when I'm trying to answer trivia? <laughs> by, by preparing beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> What's the need? Okay. Um, another one off the top of my head. Okay. Best uh, ones. Are they? they are actually. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So this is another. Who am I? All righty. Um, I was born in 1970. Um, <laughs> you may have seen me walk with a pumpkin or two. Okay. Really, guys? Kyle Richards? <laughs> I don't know. Is that it? Born in 1970? Not even after my pumpkin clue? I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis? I don't know. She was way older than me. 1970? Is it it, uh, her fucking guy she looks after? The kid? (laughs) Who would that be, Todd? The, f- the fucking Tommy guy. Doyle. Shut up, Joe. <laughs> I'm Tommy Doyle. That's what I just said. You only got it because of me, Joe. Yeah. I don't care. I'm taking the damn point. Yeah, you got the point. Damn it. I'm tired. Fuck that. All right, Sam, you got one more for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, then I guess that ends trivia. Good. All right. All right. right. It was a horrible night for me. Uh, all right. Well, Sam's the big winner tonight with five points. Mm. Five points? Yes. 
How? I don't know. It's true. I counted two. Yeah. Stop it, you guys. Sam goes to 51 points. Joe with four points tonight to go to 76. Steve with the goose egg tonight. Oh, I love it. To say at 83 points and Todd with three points Ooh. to extend his lead to 90, uh, mm. 90 seven point lead. Todd. 10 points to that cool honey, baby. I'm coming for it. Yep. Wow. So just uh, literally, probably we got like four or five episodes left in the year. So yeah, I mean, four or five more trivias to go. And so maybe Todd, I'll sabotage it. You can definitely get that hundred, Todd. I'm not gonna be able to do the show for the next five episodes. So I guess we can just stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. Aye, aye, aye. Sorry. Okay. All right. Send us those questions, people. We love hearing them and we love using them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Should we do a little horror news? It's been a long time, folks. Sure. What's the right. scoop? What's the tea? Give us the blood. All right. What's the scare? What's the scare? All right. Well, what if I told you Tim Burton is coming back for an Adams Family live action TV series? I call you a liar. Would you be excited about this? Yes. Only if Christina Ricci plays Morticia. Well, we shall see. Well, <laughs> it is a fit. Um, it has been officially announced as Tim Burton is currently working on a live action uh, TV series. So, uh, deadline report on this. Um, he is currently negotiating uh, to executive produce and possibly direct all the episodes of this new take uh, on the franchise. Um, Smallville writers Alfred Goh and Miles Miller have been uh, hired on as the writers and showrunners for the show. As of right now, the package has multiple buyers bidding for it, including Netflix, which sources say is at the top of the list for landing the project. Uh, so, yeah, we shall see. We'll see who will be uh, cast. Do you guys have any dream casting choices for this live action TV series? Finn Wolfhard in every role. For <laughs> Sam. It's already done. So, Steve, are you serious? You would like Christina Ricci to play Morticia? Yeah, yeah, I saw a picture of her dressed as Morticia, and I think it'd be awesome. I think she she looks great and can be definitely a great Morticia, and it'd be a nice uh, homage to the films from the nineties. Mm-hmm. I saw. I saw. Oh, sorry, Sam. Go ahead. You're fine. I was gonna say. I feel like I could also see uh, Vanessa Hudgens in that role. Hmm. too young no i was gonna say her too actually she kind of like has the features okay um i saw a picture uh someone said uh rami malik should play gomez and i think that would be perfect yeah that, that'd be good mm-hmm. I, I think he's too big to play in a tv series but yeah yeah uh, maybe now anyway. well if netflix nabs it though yeah that's true netflix get some big people uh i've also heard someone say millie bobby brown is wednesday mm. no too old too saturated the 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 little girl from the walking dead um who plays um what's her face uh oh my god the baby there grimes <laughs> yeah grimes daughter right and i was also in creep show i think she'd do mm-hmm. be a cool wednesday all right yeah. Well, we shall see. Uh, we'll, we'll report on it as we get more info. Uh, staying on the TV series uh, stuff, 
Um, Ginger Snaps, of course, the famous werewolf series, will be getting a television series. Uh, This also being reported by um, Deadline. Uh, Currently, the project is being produced um, by the co-creator of the movies, John Fawcett, um, with Anna Sembia on board to script the adaptation. Uh, Ginger Snaps will tell the story of sisters Ginger and Bridget, who are our self-imposed outcasts in their hometown. You know the story, basically, same exact thing. Um, but yeah, a Ginger Snaps TV series. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm assuming they're going to go, like, I could see this being like a uh, CW show or something like that. Yeah, which I don't want to see at all. Like, could yeah. be less interested if I... Yeah, no, pass. Yeah, pass. Sam, you're the. I feel like this is like will be a female driven show. So, are you excited about that? Um, it depends. Like, uh, I don't know. Sometimes, if they're too like kiddish, I don't care. So, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll keep you guys updated on that one as well. Sticking with television, Hellraiser, the television series, will be uh, coming to HBO. And in very big news, Clive Barker has officially signed on as executive um, producer on the show. Um, He will also supposedly um, direct one of the episodes at least. Um, The idea currently is to create an elevated continuation and expansion of the well-established Hellraiser mythology. It is by no means a remake, but rather assumes the past mythology to be a given. Uh, the centipede remains Pinhead, uh, as well as uh, the other Cenobites. Uh, so Barker, in a statement, said, I'm delighted the Hellraiser mythology is seeing a new life. It's time the stories went back to their roots. I'm eager to bring a new audience, the most powerful and ancient elements of horror, the darkest evil invading our human lives, and how we must find in ourselves the power to resist it. Uh, Todd, I want to hear kind of your take on this the most, just because I know you're not a fan of Hellraiser, but would a Hellraiser TV series on HBO pique any interest in you? Um, no, I, I mean, I just I just don't like the series and I don't like the character, so I, I don't see myself being excited for it. All right. Steven, Sam, any thoughts? Um. It's like to me. There's three three tiers of TV shows. One, I'll, I won't watch it regardless. Two, I won't watch it, but I'll keep my ear out to hear if people like it, and then maybe I'll watch it. And shows I'll absolutely watch. This falls in the middle for me. Like I wouldn't watch episode one. I'd kind of check out, you know, your horror group um, and stuff like that to see if people are liking it. And then if people recommend it after a few episodes, I'd probably check it out. But on the outside, I'm not that excited about it. I don't know. I feel I've seen everything I need to see in the movies. All right. Uh, all right. Well, continuing on with uh, television. A lot of television news tonight, folks. Um, Castle Rock. Were you guys, any of you guys watch Castle Rock? Any I did. All right. Well, sadly, Hulu has announced that they have uh, decided to cancel Castle Rock after just uh, two seasons. Um what do you think, Steve? Was this uh, a right move? Uh, it's a good show. It wasn't great. Like it's, I wasn't excited about the season three anyway. So to me, it's not a huge loss. It's not like some other shows that we lost this year. So yeah, it's fine. I'm not that sad about it. All right. All right. All right. Well, more TV. Can you believe this has been? This is might have just called this TV news tonight. As 
Norman Reedus, of all people, of course, from Walking Dead fame, is going to be a producing a TV series adaptation of the famous 80s slasher movies, Sorority House Massacre. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that is uh, correct, folks. You heard me right. Uh, so The Walking Dead star will be producing uh, this series um, with Utopia Originals, whatever that is. Uh, but uh, Rita said, uh, I cannot be more excited to collaborate with uh, Robert and his incredible team at Utopia on this project. Their taste and create creative vision are inspiring and exactly in line with the kind of content that Big Bald Head set out to develop. We are thrilled to revisit this cult classic and create something truly unique. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Sorry House Massacre, the TV series. I don't know how that would translate to a show, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess so. It's definitely, like, a really interesting choice. Mm -hmm. um, it's cool to see Reedus on board with it, though. I'm glad to see, like, he has some roots in horror there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Is it's kind of a gimmick now to me when, when actors are like, I'm producing this, like LeBron James producing movies, like who, who cares? Well, for him, who cares? But like, I don't know. We'll see. I yeah. guess I'm with, with Steve's three-tier approach on this one. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Well, uh, next bit of news here is um, A Quiet Place. Uh, as uh, it has been announced that a third installment of A Quiet Place before we even get the second movie, is already uh, in development and will get a 2022 release um, reported by Deadline. Uh, so the, uh, the site said that the third movie storyline is based on an original idea by John Krasinski. Um, Krasinski, uh, of course, who wrote and directed the first two movies, is currently on board to produce the third movie no word yet on will he uh if he will direct the third as well but uh currently part two is slated for release on april 23rd 2021 so uh yeah looks like quiet place is going to get uh the franchise treatment and i'm sure it will go beyond three um but we shall see about yeah. that. That, that that's a good sign for two though if the studio is so confident that two is good that they're already making a third one. Yeah, so definitely. That, I, and I'm still pissed because the theater closed the day before I was going to go see a double feature of Quiet Place 1 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so fucking bummed about it. And they still haven't refunded me, those assholes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because they're closed, so I can't go after anyone. I know, yeah. Yeah, Quiet Place. It was actually, I remember Quiet Place 2 was supposed to release on my birthday. I was like so excited to go and see it. And, yeah. And then the Rona hit. Uh, but yeah, man. we'll see. Uh, movies are, I mean, movies are starting to come back. What'd you say, Sam? Do we need more than three, though? I mean, no, probably not. I, I feel like once you like go past like a sequel, you get into dangerous territory of the quality really reducing. However, this is a great segue into my next story because the I feel like the Insidious franchise has been pretty strong with the four movies, and it, it has just been announced we're gonna get a fifth insidious movie with patrick wilson directing the fifth installment of the insidious franchise um so insidious 5 will pick up with the lamberts 10 years after the last movie as dalton begins college uh so yes this will be a direct sequel to insidious uh and insidious chapter 2 uh patrick wilson will also star uh alongside the returning ty simpkins as dalton lambert 
Uh, this will be Patrick Wilson's debut as a director, uh, and the movie is expected sometime in 2022. Um, Patrick Wilson, in a statement, said, I'm honored and thrilled to be at the helm of the next Insidious installment, which will provide an amazing chance to unpack everything the Lamperts went through a decade ago, as well as deal with the consequences of their choices. Wilson said uh, during the uh, ongoing... Oh, okay, so he said this during uh, the virtual Blumfest. Uh, directing the movie is both professionally and personally a full circle moment for me, and I am extremely grateful to be entrusted in continuing to tell this frightening and haunting story into the further we go. Uh, so yeah, I think this is like a great choice, and it makes me really excited for part five now. That's not that's not the title, is it? Into the further we go? No, that's just what he okay. said. <laughs> All right. In the interview. But uh, very cool. I, I like to see Patrick Wilson uh, sticking with um, the horror genre and with the Insidious franchise. I mean, the guy has kind of gone on to be a big star, and I'm glad he's uh, continuing on with uh, that franchise. Uh, all right, next bit of news here is another Night of the Living Dead remake has been announced, and uh, helming the movie... Um, well, not helming, I'm sorry, starring in this movie will be Vivica A. Fox, uh, who will be taking over the lead role, uh, originally played by uh, Dwayne Jones, of course, in Romero's original. Um, so in the latest uh, remake, amidst a worldwide event where the dead awake and the Rome and roam the earth as zombies a small group of human survivors struggle to stay alive and fight off the wandering zombies who are intent on eating them and turning them in to the walking dead uh so currently it is in development for a 2021 shoot um with um an expected late to early 2022 release uh kind of weird like i don't uh, you know uh what do you guys think about this do you I think we weird. I don't know. Like, do we do we need another Night of the Living Dead? Why There's not? Our- we need no. anything that we have. No, but why not? Okay. I mean, I do like the inclusion of Vivica A. Fox here. I think I that will like put some fresh blood into it. So we shall see. Um, I, I I couldn't care less with this one. There's so many. It's just a shame that it's in the open domain or whatever, so anyone can just make a movie called Night of the Living Dead. So pass. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Next bit of news here is Jordan Peele, uh, of course, really hot in horror right now, has announced that he is going to be producing a new take on Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Uh, of course, the famous Wes Craven 1999 horror movie. Um, Peel is not expected to direct the film himself. Uh, it remains unclear whether he uh, will have a hand in writing the script, but he will definitely be producing it um, under his Monkey Paw Productions uh, studio. Um, and yeah, that is uh, it for that. But yeah, Jordan Peele. What do you, I mean, do you, what do you think about uh, People on the Stairs remake? I think it's actually a pretty good time for it. And I think uh, this one is actually pretty ripe for a remake. So I'm excited for this one. Yeah, I mean, it's one that I think was due for a remake, definitely. Yeah, so, and, totally. and Jordan Peele is like a magician at making horror films. So I'm not too concerned on that end. So yeah, good. Okay, 
All right, uh, next bit of news, a quick one here. Filming has officially wrapped on Scream 5. We'll be coming to theaters uh, in about a year from now, so keep an eye out for that. Um, just a couple more for tonight. Um, so I, this one I put in for Sam. I know she'll be excited for this one. As the Are You Afraid of the Dark television series is going to be returning for uh, a season two. Um the new group of kids tell a terrifying tale about a curse that has been cast over the small seaside town haunted by an all new villain named the shadow man. Um, so uh, season two will premiere in 2021 on Nickelodeon. If you have not go ahead, Sam new, new group of kids. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have the uh, original ones from season one. It'll be a whole, and I'm cast. not watching. <laughs> I think they're a little too old now for it. It's been a couple years and you know, the way puberty hits, you know, they'll all be looking like 20 year olds at this point. So, so uh, I have, to <laughs> buy, I have to buy 35 year olds acting like high schoolers. So why can't 20 year olds play high schoolers? You're right. It's a good point. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, uh, if you haven't seen season one, I, I highly recommend it. I think it's a great like intro to horror um type stuff so uh and if you're a fan of the original tv series i think you'll definitely love um this little mini series movie they did so check it out uh all right uh oh for you christmas fans uh if you are sick of elf on a shelf what if i told you you could get krampus on the mantle Yes, that is that is correct, folks. The uh, famous Krampus from, uh, you know, this one's uh, based on the movie. Uh, you can buy him. Uh, Fye has started selling it. You can buy it on their website. Uh, really, really, f pretty cool, fun stuff here. Um, you can buy the deluxe set for thirty nine ninety nine. It comes with Krampus and also a little gingerbread man and uh, the bear from the movie as well. So you can. It comes with a little story as well. So if you want to scare your kids. And tell them, you know, Elf on the Shelf has been murdered and Krampus on the Mantle is now taking over. Go for it. I think it'd be it'd fun fun for the whole family right there. I'm disappointed uh, with the name, though. Krampus on the Mantle? Yeah, they get, like Elf Elf on the Shelf rhymes. You got to figure out a rhyme for it. Like, you know, all right, Todd. Krampus on the Mantits. <laughs> or something like that. Krampus on the Mantis. All right. And, uh... <laughs> The last bit of news here, uh, kind of a little bit of old news here, but I, we, we haven't been able to, we haven't done news lately. So I wanted to get everyone's thoughts on this one as um, science has officially given us the scariest horror movie ever made. Yes. Do you have any guesses or do you guys already know the answer? I already know the answer. I saw the article. Okay. Well, so this one was done uh, by, uh, the science of the scare. So the outlet explains, uh, is there anything better than a night in with the lights off in a truly terrifying movie that gets your heart pounding? We don't think so. That's why we've explored the science of the scare with our experiment to categorically find the scariest films for your scary movie night. Our team studied critics lists and Reddit recommendations to curate 50 of the best horror films ever made before subjecting them to our test subjects. So, uh, they watched each movie in 5.1 surround sound with a panel of 50 people uh, who consumed over 120 hours of the best horror movies. Each were fitted with a heart rate monitor 
to measure which movies got their blood pumping the most to find the ultimate horror movie. So, uh, Todd, Sam, do you guys have any guesses since Steve knows the answer? Ultimate horror movie, huh? Okay, do, do you want me to give you uh, the list of movies they watched first? Sure. Is it 100 movies now? No, no, no. Okay. Okay, so here are the ones they watched. Okay, Halloween, A Quiet Place, The Ring, Scream, Insidious, Sinister, The Conjuring, Hereditary, Paranormal Activity, It Follows, The Conjuring 2, The Babadook, The Descent, The Visit, Blair Witch Project, Alien, The Thing, Poltergeist, and Audition. Mm, sinister. Sinister. Did you guys read this article? No. Sinister is the correct answer. Sinister, uh, uh, according to their list, is the scariest horror film of all time. I, I feel like I've seen seen that mentioned like every year. Yeah, like that's I why I kind of knew the answer. Yeah, so um, they actually have a really detailed thing uh, with this. But so uh, Sinister, they have um, the resting heartbeats for a minute. The movies like, uh, you know, the during like the uh, big scenes, like and stuff like that. The highest spike was 131 beats per minute. Uh, so yeah, they have really uh they did some science on this and sinister apparently got the blood pumping the most for people so uh, i think that's a, a controversial choice and one i've seen a lot of horror fans complaining about but hey you know you can't argue with science folks <laughs> well i mean it's got those scenes that are like really effective though so i think if like when you're like have the shot of just the grass and then you see someone's head come into it that gets your blood going yeah no totally yeah mm-hmm. absolutely Hmm. Uh, all right and that is it for horror news this week well that sounds like it's time for the main review let's do it saying things she would sit right beside him just whispering but she wasn't talking to him we found it in her pocket she didn't believe in God what does it matter whether you believe I found mom's diary what if she saw something out there. Told y'all not to come. There are things in this world, horrible things, wicked, and they come for whoever they want. I saw something. She wasn't crazy. Do you smell him? He's close now. He's not out there. He's already here.
All right, 2020, The Dark and the Wicked, directed by Brian Bertino. Remember, we have the interview with the producer coming up after this. On a secluded farm in a nondescript rural town, it's actually in Texas, a man is slowly dying. His family gathers to born, and soon a darkness grows. Marked by, wake, marked by waking nightmares and a growing sense that, that something is evil is taking over the family. You like that dramatic pause? <laughs> Loved it. Um, yeah, so there's a, I want to say like mid-30s, maybe early 40s brother and sister that go to their parents' farmhouse in Texas um, where their dad is in kind of like a comatose state where he's just laying in bed. Um, and he's obviously on his deathbed. Right when they get there, the mother's like, really off-putting like she's like you shouldn't be here i didn't want you to come and you quickly realize that it's more than her just trying to protect her kids from like seeing their father it's there's some sinister shit going on um so right away we start seeing some creepy stuff uh here's some noises um there's a lot of goats i know joe loves his goats so like the farm animals freak out and shit like that um and then very very early on in the uh, in the movie um mom likes just start saying stuff like there's evil here trying to get your dad they find her journal and read it and it says a bunch of weird shit like the devil's here and things like that and i will stop describing it there um why don't you take over joe uh sure um so yeah uh steve and i i know watch this one first because we got um a screener sent to us for this one before uh it got released um with of course they you know we were offered um the uh, to interview the producer so i was like well let me check this out um and i will say for the most part um the most the majority of the screeners we are sent are usually not really worth our time or aren't worth watching uh so i went into this like completely blind not knowing um what to expect and uh i gotta say this movie blew me away um i was just shocked at how good it was um after seeing it that like i immediately um messaged steve and was like yeah we gotta watch this and do the interview um and i was like we definitely have to cover this on the show because i think this is one of the better horror movies uh of 2020 um by far um i loved um the atmosphere of this movie i loved um just how dark and dreary the whole movie is it has just a whole um feeling of you can just feel the darkness like in this movie and almost every shot there's never really a happy moment uh in this movie and i you know this is like a movie that really hard needs it's like a nice breath of fresh air in the genre where you have like a lot of just you know bubblegum bullshit that's out there and then you get stuff like this and it it gives you hope for the genre with um and i think this is brian bertino's best movie by far um you know of course he did the strangers and the monster which i was i was a big fan of the monster as well but i i think this is definitely a big step up for him um as a director uh and yeah i'll leave the rest of my thoughts after you guys talk um <laughs> So I feel like not that Joe, Joe spoiled this on purpose, but he just said it was about um, a, son, a brother and sister taking care of their dying father. So when I saw the mom, I was like, oh, obviously something's going to happen to her because Joe didn't say like it was a family. Um, so that I kind of knew that something was going to happen with the mom. Um, this isn't going to be a good review, guys. Not like good that way, but you know how I am. 
some of the things were like I guessed them ahead of time um it was really scary though there were parts where I jumped and um I guess I'm just gonna leave it at that all right Joe going spoiling again yeah (laughs) what else is new uh yeah so Joe had told me to watch this one because we were going to do the interview and he but he didn't tell me about anything about it so to his credit he didn't spoil for me uh, right away so I went in not really knowing anything I didn't watch a trailer or anything and like him I, I was pleasantly surprised uh I knew this was definitely a Joe movie though when I first started <laughs> watching it because it was dark moody and had goats so I knew for sure that Joe would be into this and after I was afraid this would kind of fall into like the Lodge and uh, Gretel and Hansel territory, which I personally didn't like, but it wasn't that at all. Uh, this movie is super atmospheric. Uh, it's very, very well acted, a fantastic score. Um, that kind of reminded me of, it gave me like hereditary vibes, the score. Uh, it had some, some of the same musical beats that you can hear, like cues uh, that I really liked. And this movie is scary, man. Like, uh, we got the question before because of the conversation I had with Mandy uh, yesterday. Uh, th- this is probably the scariest movie I've seen this year. And that, that says a lot. You know, it's, it's a nice uh, juxtaposition compared to what we watched last week, right? Well, last week was a really ridiculous movie. This is more like a true horror film. And yeah, I, I fucking love this film. There, there's a lot to love about it, but I won't say it right now because I'll be into spoilers. But uh, yeah, this is definitely... Uh, one of the highlights of 2020 for me. All right. So if you haven't watched the movie yet, then stop listening and come back after you do so. Cause we're going to start spoiling it right now. So here's your chance to leave. Um, uh, yeah, I mirror exactly what you, everyone said. I didn't know anything about it as well. And I really liked it. Um, that being said, I, I kind of don't want to get to my only gripe with it yet. Cause it's right at the very ending of it. Mm-hmm. But how many times does something creepy have to happen before you're like, all right, let's, let's leave. <laughs> Seriously. Well, so like it's out of my hands, you know? Yeah, right. yeah exactly. What, you, do you leave your dying father there like alone? <laughs> no, I, I put him in the fucking truck and we drive to the hospital myself. Like exactly. Or if he's going downhill, like, I don't understand. She didn't want him to suffer, but if that's my dad and it's between the devil taking over his body, sorry dad but i'm putting a pillow over your face to take care of you and so i can get out like i don't understand why she didn't think of that or do that but the, the sister or the mom both or not the sister the daughter, the daughter um, that's another thing i'm surprised that the mom didn't do that either you know because the right. even though he was like in hospice or not all the way in hospice i mean he was dying so he had to be in hospice but the nurse right. wasn't there like 24 hours a day so I don't know why the mom didn't do that because if my husband was in that position, I'd be like, sorry, but don't get sick, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a cold. Shut up. <laughs> no need for suffering, you know. I'm right there with you, Sam. Um, I mean, if we did that, we wouldn't have the movie we had. I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, no, but it makes sense. And um I didn't really follow the the brother's betrayal. Um, maybe that was the devil making him do that because and ultimately he fucking killed him mm-hmm. um, did you guys get that vibe too like the devil made him do that and then just to get him out of the way and kill him i think well so like he said you know to the sister he's like i knew you would stay so i i don't i wouldn't call it a betrayal more of him just kind of 
leaving knowing she would be the one to take care of the dad and he was he knew he was going crazy there and he you know he didn't think he would make it out alive pretty much so he knew he had to get out of there um i I guess you can sort of call it a betrayal but i saw more of him being like i need to get the fuck out of here and be with my family or else like i'm gonna die so i i don't know i i guess you call it a betrayal in a way but i didn't see it that way per se as soon as my light turns on four times and I see my recently deceased mother floating outside yeah. and then hear her singing behind me, I'm done. I'm sorry. That, I'm done. that was my, like one of my favorite parts of the whole movie too. Like I, that whole part was just terrifying. I mm-hmm. thought it was the most genuinely scary part of the whole movie. Like this movie actually like not a lot of horror movies scare me anymore, but there were like a couple parts in this movie that, that got to me, like definitely gave me some chills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking about that when I, when I turned on the movie, because like, not that you guys hyped it, but you kind of hyped it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I really want to like this movie, but I'm, I'm probably not going to yeah. for the exact reason that I, like, I'm not really scared anymore, like besides jump scares. Um, but this one had me unnerved. It, it, the stuff that wasn't scary to me too was where she was describing that the mother saw the devil and that she would basically make fun of her as she's hurting the father. Yeah. I was like, oh my, that's fucking terrifying. Like mm-hmm. to Sam's point though, she still put up with it for x amount of time so that kind of sucks yeah definitely i mean uh, yeah that part scared me and then like the pre when the priest was outside in the middle of the night like that was fucking creepy which he wasn't right right he wasn't yeah i mean well he was never there to begin with even when he was there in the afternoon like you know the first time we see him that really wasn't him either it was like always the devil playing tricks um so yeah, I mean, just like really creepy shit like throughout, and then of course like the the girl that comes, and you know she's ready to step foot in the house, and she's like, "Do you smell him?" And you're like, "Oh, it just made me like gave me chills." The shower scene is what really got me. Uh, oh yeah, when the dad is like standing there like all dead, and it's just uh, yeah. yeah. The movie is brilliant with its pacing uh, uh, of the scares. Like it wasn't just straight up, you know. Uh, you know, the scares weren't obvious because it was always jury, you know, so you you could have really come at any time. It was just, oh, God, yeah. What about with the nurse? That was pretty haunting. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like that, like, that was probably the most haunting for me. Yeah, she was so nice, too. It was so nice, yeah. You were kind of, and she knew all of along that something was going on. Like, even she did, and she didn't want to say anything, but it's like you were hoping that maybe she would be the one to also, well, no one escaped, but that she would be yeah. fine, but she fucking wasn't. I, I thought she was a villain from at the beginning. I'm like, oh, she's really, a villain. Yeah. 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 See, I she thought wasn't. she was going to be the, I thought like, I, and I'm glad they didn't go this way, but I thought she was going to be like the super religious type that tries to perform like an exorcism or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they didn't go that way because it would have been like your basic, like everyday horror movie. And I'm, I'm glad it never went that way. And I, I mean, it just stays dark like the whole time. And it's just the tone of this movie. It's just like, I, it almost like feels like demonic the whole time you're watching it. Like it, it really does. Like uh, it feels like almost something like possessed this movie in a way to me. Like it just like, you just get that. Like this feels like an A24 movie, right? Like to me, it yeah. did. Like, yeah. Yeah, like it did. feels like this is under the A24 banner, even though it's not. Um, not not enough come in this one to be in there. A twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just like the goat and like the goats. The goats even like bring their own uh, like just creepiness to this movie for whatever reason. Uh, 
even the the goat massacre we have the one time when you see that goat the three-legged goat jumping around is just really like terrifying imagery in its own um yeah i don't know i i just i really love this movie yeah my, my favorite actual scare was in the very beginning where you see his face very briefly oh yeah in the yeah. goats in the yeah. goats yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, really that cool. was creepy. There's that, there's actually a lot of moments like where you see him either in the background or and it's like not super mm-hmm. obvious. Like you gotta really pay attention. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And that's that's another reason where I got hereditary vibes because there was so much in the background going on. Um I so I watched it twice. I watched it when we did the interview and I watched it again today. And I was noticing things because I, you know, when you know the story, you're not following in the same way. And mm-hmm. I was noticing, yeah, things like that that I hadn't noticed Same. the first time. So yeah. this movie is, yeah, it's just it's just so good. You know, it's, uh, how, what did you guys think of the score? I know you guys are more like into scores than I am. So. Yeah, I, I, I love the score. And actually we talked about it in the interview uh, a little bit. Um, and I, she, she credits the guys who did the score. So credit, kudos to them. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a great score. The, um I thought the, you know, they did the piano, which I, I liked, but I preferred the strings they did in this movie a lot more. I thought it, it added to the creep factor a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And the act, what did you guys think of the acting? I thought the acting was terrific in this. I, 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 I completely I believed the characters, what they yeah, were going yeah. through and just their confusion slash being scared, but wanting to take care of the dad. It was just like a mix of so many different emotions and they really conveyed it really well. Yeah, I thought the the brother and sister were great in this, and uh, I don't even recognize them. They're, and that's like I don't recognize anyone from this movie, so it's like a complete like indie effort. And uh, I thought it was it was top notch acting all around. Like there yeah. was no one I thought that stood out as being like weak or, or uh, not good in any way. I only recognized um, the priest because he plays Gregory in The Walking Dead. Okay, he's also in Candyman too, and and The Rock, which I love. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, other than him, and I didn't recognize that one as total unknowns, and they fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. What about the um, mom chopping her fingers off there? Oh, brutal. <laughs> that was gnarly. The, the, the most brutal part was her continuing to chop the pieces. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Um, so one thing I had a thought of, and you tell me if you go with this or not, uh, was the metaphor. Like, I took a lot... I feel like you could take this movie as is, but you could also take it metaphorically as well. And the metaphor I took with this was just um, like grieving with loss of life. So, um, you know, it's a family basically, you know, grieving with the loss of their dad. So it takes the mom first and then the brother. And then ultimately it takes um, like the daughter um, and not killing, obviously, obviously it's portrayed as killing in this movie, but I, I took it more as, as like, it's almost like kills your, your soul. And it just takes a piece of your soul when you lose a loved one like that. I mean, did anyone else pick that up? Joe with the deep cuts. Did you <laughs> cry it? during this? <laughs> no. So why the nurse then? Yeah. The nurse, I mean, the nurse, I, I don't have an answer for I, yeah, I think you can go that route. Um, personally, I, I'm just taking this one at face value. Sure. That, you know, classic demonic, just being an asshole, killing mm-hmm. people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. So you want to talk about, uh, Todd, you had an issue with the ending? I did. Um, 
I like midway through, I'm like, oh, this this movie is gonna get to the point where it just goes fucking nuts. Um, and I was let down by the very ending, man. Like I know that you, you briefly see like the demonic, like I guess force take over the dad and like eater or biter or whatever. Um, but I, I I just wanted more. I wanted a more final, um, longer shot than what we got. So that's my main biggest gripe with it. I just wanted more. And you know the runtime wasn't long and it was very slow but i never felt it so that's maybe it's just because i wanted more movie i don't know but the, the yeah. ending was my gripe yeah i mean the, the, i the ending was a little jarring for sure like it was it kind of just happened so quickly so ha- but i don't know like i loved the rest of the movie so much that it, i was able to accept it for what for what it was that just you know the dark and the wicked i guess you could say uh finally just took them all over um so yeah i mean it wasn't the maybe didn't we didn't get like a full resolution but i I was okay with it what did you think of the ending though sam um i was just saying i agree with todd it was a letdown yeah i and i didn't want like a 30 minute chase scene i just wanted maybe something something longer than a second (laughs) exactly like I wanted a big here's the fucking demon payoff, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the opposite. I, I like the way it ends because I feel if they showed too much, then it could have maybe ruined the rest of the movie. Uh, sometimes what your imagination can come up with things scarier than what you can ever see on screen. And in this instance, for me anyway, I think they showed just enough of the demon to spook me, but if you had seen more it might have taken away from the rest of it. So I actually like the way it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, Steve. Um, one thing we didn't mention was the scene with the brother with like the big, uh, did you see like that coming with his death when he comes, he goes in and he kind of sees his whole family murdered. Yes. And yeah. did you, did, did you know what was going to happen there? Yes. I'm I, with Sam on this one. I'm like, I, he's a trickster. <laughs> I didn't. I thought he had killed his family somehow, um, and he didn't realize it because the devil like had possessed him for like a minute. So I was surprised that they weren't dead at all. I really thought yeah. he, the devil had taken him and killed his family. Yeah, I didn't. So the first time I, I watching it a second time, I could see like how people I guess could have guessed it. But the first time I watched it, I think I was just so into the movie. I. I didn't even put two and two together at the time. So it, it surprised me when it, and it, it hit me and it like, I was, it was like an Oh fuck moment for me when like after he slices his throat and he realizes that, you know, it was the devil playing tricks. So that scene for me was really effective too. Yeah. And actually, uh, Joe, I want to ask you this, uh, having seen it twice, how do you feel about it the second time compared to your first viewing? Is it better the same or maybe a little bit like not as good? Um, probably the, about the same for me. I, w- I will say I picked up a little more on this watch, especially like in the background, like you were talking about, like the images of the devil that would flash or, you know, and stuff like that. I picked that up a little more. I, I guess I picked up a little more with the story um, this time around, just like little bits and pieces here. But for me, I mean, I think it held up. It held up great. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, this is teetering right now. It's between this and the lodge right now for my best of the year, and I'm gonna have to rewatch the lodge again now to decide which one I liked more. Yeah, yeah. See, I I actually think I liked it more the second time. 
So because of those little things that I didn't notice the first time, uh, and even knowing kind of what the beats were because I'd seen it, uh, it didn't like impact my experience of the movie at all. I was still just as enthralled in it and just as spooked and just as uh, into it as the first time. So yeah, this is definitely one that I'm gonna pro probably even like buy on Blu-ray just because it's something I think I'd like to watch, not, not you know, <laughs> for a while, but uh, at some point again, then go through it. Cause I really, really like this one. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually my favorite scene, which I forgot to mention earlier was um, when she's laying in bed and you hear the devil come on the bed and growl and shit. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those like you could put yourself in that position and like what would shut you up and yeah it's uh <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> it actually like for me it kind of reminded me of sleep paralysis um mm. where you're paralyzed and in her case she wasn't actually paralyzed but her fear was paralyzing her and you can hear it you can feel it but you can't see it and you know but you know it's there and that's exactly what sleep paralysis is like so uh, I could definitely relate to that moment, and it was yeah, that's a great scene and very scary. Yeah, I, I was talking to the TV at that point. I'm just like, just reach over and give him a haymaker. That'll show him. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, anything else to say before we rate this thing? I don't think so. We we don't have any questions, right, Steve? I don't think people have. It just came out like last week. Okay. Yeah, um, it released. Seen it, and unlike the special, it doesn't have like the reputation. And that's why I think we want to review it as well is that this is something that I feel people need, it needs the word of mouth and it's, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. I think it is starting to pick up some traction because uh, I'm in a lot of the hard groups I'm in, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about it and uh, I just, for the hell of it, wanted to see what it had on Rotten Tomatoes and it's currently sitting at uh, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. So uh, the critics, uh, it's a big critic hit too so i'm happy to see that yeah it's got a 3.2 average on letterbox too all right uh final ratings here i'll start us off um yeah like i said i loved it uh i think it's one of the the finest films of 2020 horror wise um no doubt about it um and i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Ooh, high praise what'd you give the lodge a nine as well oh okay for what lodge or this movie for joe giving it the same rating oh what's your rating there sam i'm gonna go with uh, seven i guess okay i'm gonna go in between both those i'm gonna hit it with an eight point uh I'm leaning towards an 8.25, but it's in the 8.525 range. Okay. And yeah, I'm around that as well. I'm on the 8.5. And I, I said it before and I said it last week, uh, his house is a similar vibe to this. So if you like this, you should definitely check out that. Or if you like his house, you should definitely check out this. And I'm actually conflicted between the two, which one I like more. And they're really? both in my top five right now. So Okay. But they're different too, right? It's not like a, they are. That, that that's the problem with all all movies really on my list. But um, yeah, I definitely love this, and it, right now it's sitting in my top five. So, okay. yeah, his house. I watched his house last week. You watched it this week too. 
So oh, cool. It might be one worth reviewing, honestly. I think it could be a good conversation. Well, we're running out of shows. Yeah, that's right. We're yeah, running out of time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, unanimously, Horror Squad approved. Probably average score of 8 out of 10 or so on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so watch it when you can. Yeah. Check out the interview. Uh, really interesting interview. She's uh, Adrian Biddle was very, very good uh, uh, giving us insight into the film, how it worked and everything. And she was, uh, it's a good interview. It's definitely a different vibe than we got last week with dave sheridan <laughs> uh, this whole episode was a different vibe there was no dick and box talk <laughs> right yeah. exactly no this is uh this is more of a classic horror uh, vibe <laughs> and uh, yeah definitely check it out it's, it's a great interview yeah and a uh, fun fact actually that she talks about in the interview uh this was actually filmed on an actual farm so yeah Mm-hmm. And I actually, I think it was Brian Bartino's like family farm, if I'm not mistaken. I think she mentions that. So yeah, pretty hey, cool. Hey, real quick, not that any of the characters did anything wrong to deserve anything, mm-hmm. but their farmhand guy, what did he do? Nothing. He's yeah, a part of the family. Just the devil, just taking. Fucking, I, I don't know. It's just the devil's an evil person, man. It, like they said, like you don't even need to be a bad person. He just picks and chooses who he wants, like to take, pretty much. So. Okay. Some dark shit. <laughs> well, enjoy the interview and thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where tonight we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, she has produced several popular horror movies, including The Black Coat's Daughter, The Monster, and He's Out There. And tonight, she joins us to talk about her latest project, The Dark and the Wicked, producer Adrian Biddle. Adrian, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. So nice to be here. Awesome. Uh, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your latest movie, The Dark and the Wicked? Sure. Uh, so it's a movie that Brian Bertino, who uh, wrote the movie, actually physically wrote the film on the house that he stays in on his family's farm so we shot the movie on his family farm and it is about a uh, older brother and sister who come home uh, because their father is dying and um when they get there uh their mom is you know you don't have to stay here with us You, you guys should leave and um they decide to stick around because their father's dying and then some weird stuff starts happening. She starts behaving a little strangely. Um, and then kind of this shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, you know, as far as I'm willing to go, I'm not yeah. a big spoiler person. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and we both uh, had the opportunity to uh, watch. We got a screener for it. And I got to say this movie actually like blew me away. It's one of the best horror movies I've watched Um this year by far. And honestly, one of, one of the better ones I've seen in, in quite a long time. So uh, I'm very excited for this and I'm very excited for the fans to uh, check this out, this one out. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I mean, it's, it's so rewarding when, you know, you make a film that, you know, isn't warm and fuzzy and, and <sighs> takes some chances that, and then when audiences really kind of respond to that and kind of go on that journey with you and, and seem to like it, you know, it's always sort of a, one of the big joys about making movies like this is when when you kind of you hit you hit the right time you hit the right nerve 
And people are like, I don't need them to go off into the sunset together in order to kind of love your movie. So that's very, very rewarding. So I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, I've kind of sensed a, a theme a bit uh, with the movies you've produced, you know, with the, obviously the Black Coat's Daughter and the Monster and Love Story. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now this one, um, just like they're very, um, you know, they, they all kind of have deep themes behind them. Is that something you kind of look for when, uh, you know, you're looking into producing movies? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've always, I think people are interesting. And I think that the dark corners of people, uh, are, are interesting. And I like it when, you know, you, you meet people in real life. I mean, we're all a little bit gray. Right. And so movies that kind of explore, you know, a, the, the complexity of, of people have always been um, compelling to me. And, and I like, I like genre movies. I like, you know, creepy crawlies. I like weird stuff. I like being scared. It's a, it's an exciting experience. And, you know, if you can kind of combine the sort of tension and, and, and the, the drama in human relationships along with, you know, a fantastical element, whether it's a person or a monster or, you know, a ghost, um, you know, that's kind of the sweet spot for me. So I, I think, you know, one of the things that I think Brian and I both really liked in terms of a lot of the stuff that we've worked on and certainly the things that he's written is, you know, women are often sort of painted uh, either as, you know, heroes or villains. And um, women are interesting and, and, you know, not all mothers are perfect, you know, as is sort of demonstrated in the monster. And yep. Black Coat's daughter, you know, someone who is vulnerable and, and uh, exposed, you know, doesn't always take the right path, but it's kind of the right path for them. You know, I mean, there's something really interesting about all of those stories. And so I, I think that that's been something that's really sort of been compelling to me. And, and this movie is no exception. I mean, I think if you look at kind of the choices the characters make in the, in the in, you know, when it all comes out in the wash in this movie, they're a little unexpected, but at the same time, hopefully you sort of, you know, you kind of figure it out after you've peeled the onion back and you say, oh, I get it. Like the way that I thought this person was isn't actually who they are underneath. Um, and the way that I judge this person actually isn't how, who they are underneath. And, you know, that's the great thing about fear. Fear clarifies, it kind of, you know, pulls all the pretense away and reveals who we are kind of as people once, once there's, you know, nothing left. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. And uh, you obviously, you mentioned uh, Brian Bertino, who did direct this one. Uh, genre fans probably know, might know him best for The Strangers, which was another one of his uh, his big movies. Um, and I know you've worked on uh, a lot of projects with them. Um, how did you get, uh, how did you and Brian uh, get involved together? Uh, I was an executive at Rogue Pictures, which is the studio that, that made The Strangers. And um, it was a, a project that I had championed when the label first started and I, I really, the script blew me away and, and he wasn't actually going to direct it. Um, but, you know, I, after a meeting with my boss and I said, you know, you've got to meet this kid. He's incredible. Um, he's so smart. He's a great writer. You know, we, we should get into business with him in the long term. Um, after that meeting, my boss sort of really kind of took a shine and said, you know, maybe this, maybe this guy is really the right guy to direct it. I mean, it's so clearly on the page and, you know, maybe we'll give him a chance. So, we sort of supported him getting that job, which was unusual because Brian had never directed anything before then. And uh, and so I had been called off to other projects. So after he took the job, I kind of went on to do other stuff. So I really am able to talk about that movie as a fan because I, I didn't actually work on it in terms of the making of that film. 
Um, but you know, once the movie was ultimately successful, and and you know, Brian, I had hired Brian to do a rewrite for me on another project I was working on, and we just really hit it off. We we sort of shared the same vision for what the genre could be. Um, you know, not sort of since the '70s at that at that time had you know these movies been taken kind of seriously with great performers, and you know, they were beautifully shot, and you know. But they were genre movies. I mean, The Exorcist, The Shining, Rosemary's Baby, Jaws, like, you know, you name it. These are all really like professional, top-notch quality films. And Brian and I wanted to bring that back and, and do that. And so that's kind of what we started setting out to do. When the financial crisis happened in the early 2000s, um, uh, Rogue Pictures got sold. And so I found myself without a job. And a lot of Brian's work that he was doing after The Strangers was kind of tied up in that sale. So we were both kind of sitting around to figure out what what all the shakeout would look like and i said you know maybe you and i should form a company and because we'd worked together and and he liked my notes and thought that i understood what he was going for and i thought he was very smart and you know way more creative and interesting than a lot of people i had had worked with in the past so we kind of joined forces and the rest is history very cool and i i know you mentioned uh kind of being you know a fan and whatnot and uh i've noticed obviously that you've pretty much stuck within the horror genre. I mean, have you all, have you been like a lifelong fan of genres and has been, you know, have you always just kind of wanted to stick in the horror genre? You know, I've been doing this a long time. And, and, you know, when you first sort of start out in, in, in the, in, in the business uh, on the producer track, I mean, I'm not a frustrated anything. I'm not a writer. I'm not, a, you know, I, I wanted to be a producer. This is sort of what I, what I think I'm, I'm good at you know, you're first, when you first start out, you're trying to figure out that job. And then as you go on, you start to figure out, okay, what's my point of view? Like, what is it that I bring creatively to the table? What do I like? You know, what, what am I, what do I respond to? What do I seem to sort of intuitively understand from a script development standpoint, all of those things. And, you know, I go back to my childhood where I wasn't really a cinephile. I was a reader. And so I sort of like to make the joke that Stephen King sort of narrated my childhood. So that's kind of when I first kind of got into this idea that you can kind of get down and dirty into sort of people's minds and you know again like going to the dark corners of of how people behave and 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 what choices they make and i always thought that was really interesting um but that being said you know one of the things that i i'm looking to explore next is you know i'd like to broaden those horror. i love horror films i have not lost my love but i'm also i'm an avid high, hard science fiction reader like I like fantasy, you know, I, I'd like to sort of branch out and kind of the brother and sister genres of, of horror um, and do some stuff, uh, you know, but it's just, you know, it's all about the right material. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I like horror movies, um, but I, I like a lot of other stuff too. And my secret, my true secret, I avidly watch like British period dramas. <laughs> So I don't know whether I'm ever going to make a British period drama, but it is a close love for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, one of the things that really marked me about The Dark and the Wicked is how scary it was. I mean, I'm, I'm a horror fan, so I get scared very little, but this movie got me in a few places. Uh, are there any films that you would say scared you either as a kid or novels? Like you said, you're a big Stephen King reader. Uh, and kind of influence you to pick a project like this? I mean, you know, I think about, I'm like you, like, I don't, you know, especially when you kind of, you're part of your job is to decode them, like, oh, I need to construct a scare, like, that is part of my job, and to understand the mechanics and how they all work together. 
So it's hard to scare me. You know, I, I, I just, I see it coming. I can, you know, figure all that stuff out. I, again, I, I, but there are a couple of filmmakers that really kind of get me. I mean, I will say, you know, Insidious, after I watched The Strangers for the first time, uh, and again, I can say I watched it as a fan, that movie scared the bejesus out of me until sort of the end. But, but uh, 60 minutes of that film, like, absolutely riveted and terrified. Um, and and then I think the next movie that really did that for me was, you know, James Wan and Insidious. Like, you know, that movie and the, 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 the quality I think both of them share and what I was, I'm excited about and, and hopefully will, and it has seems to have made a resurgence in horror is patient. You know, these are patient filmmakers. It's not frenetic cuts. It's not, you know, jump scare It is, I mean, you know, depending on which James Wan movie you're talking about, which I like them all, but you know, it's, it's building tension. It's kind of being unexpected as to when scares come. I thought Hereditary was an incredible movie. Um, the Babadook scared the shit out of me, you know? Um, but I think about, uh, you know, Stephen King, every book that he's written, it's, it's the psychological horror of those novels that kind of stays with me. You know, Pet Cemetery, the book for Pet Cemetery, terrifying. The book for Cujo, terrifying. Like they're really, really good. And a lot of it's because, in my opinion, less is more when it comes to horror. You know, what you're going to imagine is always going to be far scarier than what you actually see. Um, and I think smart filmmakers understand that. And so it's sort of finding the right balance to walk between how much do you show and how much do you not. Great. Um, as an avid uh, Stephen King reader myself, uh, I'm really interested to know, and you as a producer, if you had carte blanche to produce uh, any one of his stories, which one would you pick and why? Oh, God. I, I think I, I dog-eared, like, like, I still have it in my library. It's like, you know, it's had water and whatever it was, Night Shift, which was a, a collection of, of short stories. It was his first one. That was my introduction to him. Um, and I'm trying to think about, like, there's so many, but I'm like, do they make sense as a movie? I mean, I think they're remaking The Stand. Um, I mean, if you watch like the mini series that they did, I think it was like the early nineties, maybe. It was not great, but you know, in, in, in the pandemic world, it might be a really interesting, um, a really interesting adaptation uh, if somebody could do it right. I, I want The Gunslinger. Oh, I know what it is. And it's not even a solo. The Talisman is one of my favorite books ever written. And, uh, and the reason I love that book, and we'll always love it, and it was, a, it, Stephen King wrote it alongside another writer. But why I love that is that he talks about how there are places in this world where the sort of, the, the line between kind of reality and, and dark reality is really thin. And I feel like, you know, as people, you know, you, you sometimes you drive through a town or you walk through a neighborhood or you are in somewhere and it just doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? It just, there's something just, oh, you just get a bad feeling. He managed to sort of describe that and deliver on what that was in that book so well. And I just always loved it. I love that book so much. I thought that was a fantastic book. <laughs> so maybe that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, of all the projects that, you know, you've worked on, which have been quite a lot, um, is there any that like stands out to you or one that, you know, you have really fond memories of, or are they all just kind of like your babies? 
I mean, they're they're all special to me in in particular ways. I have to say, the Black Coat's daughter was. I love Oz Perkins as a human, and I I think he's so talented. And that experience was so bananas. And I mean, it was like we we got on a plane and went to Canada and we weren't fully financed and we were just like, fuck it. We're going to miss our window with our lead actor. If we don't just cross our fingers and hope it all comes together. And it did, you know what I mean? It was sort of a magical production in the sense that Oz and myself, you know, we were, we were just in the trenches. We were in it to win it, but it was just a labor of love. You know what I mean? And, And I loved the crew on that movie, you know, the cast was amazing. It was just great. I mean, it was it was my favorite uh, production experience, hands down. And and then you look at the final film, and I'm so proud of the art that we made. In addition to having such a great time making that movie, yeah. So Black Coat's Daughters would have to be. And plus, it took us four years to get somebody to support us to direct the movie because he he yeah. like Brian had never directed anything before, and and Brian and I both felt like. There's no one else on the planet who should direct this movie but you. And so finding somebody to agree with us and to put the pieces in place that made the movie financeable took a long time. So it really was just a, a labor of love and a total passion project that actually turned out really well, you know? Um, yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic movie. And I think uh, Oz Perkins is definitely one of the big, up and coming hard directors. I I absolutely loved uh, Gretel and Hansel as well. I thought what he did with that was was beautiful, and uh, I'm really excited to see what he does next. Yeah, me too. Yep. And then of course you had of course uh, Emma Roberts and Kieran uh, and Chipka, who you know have both gone on to do uh, quite amazing things already uh, within even the genre. So. Um, I have to say, we've been a little ahead of the times with a lot of our casting. I mean, Yvonne Strahovski was the lead and he's out there. Like, then she blows up doing Handmaid's Tale, which I think she should have won an Emmy for. I thought she was incredible in Handmaid's. So, you know, I mean, obviously she'd done TV in the past, but I I think she sort of blew up uh, right right after she'd done the movie. You know, Zoe Kazan, I think, went on to win an Emmy the next year after doing The Monster for us. and, and Kiernan and Emma were both just, and Lucy Boynton, you know, those are our, that's the trio of women in, in, in Black Coats. And, uh, and all three of them have just skyrocketed in terms of their exposure. Yeah. Um, Kiernan is just a marvel. I mean, she was great. Yeah. No, yeah. And uh, I guess, I mean, I, I, I guess everything like once, you know, I, I went on your IMDb and just looking through everything you've done. I, I mean, I've been a fan of, a fan of pretty much every single movie you you've come out with uh and i'm very excited to see you like come on be honest (laughs) (laughs) and i'm very excited to see uh, you know what you got in the pipeline next can you uh tease anything you got coming uh, up just the dark and the wicked for now i mean covid is a weird mistress you know Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty everywhere i mean i think i've been reading some really good stuff um one of my producing partners on dark and the wicked sunny molly um uh you know and i've been talking about some stuff um but you know we'll see but i'm excited i'm excited for the new world order and, and i'm excited for people to you know check out dark and the wicked and and hopefully um come out in droves and 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 support quality horror filmmaking if i can be so bold <laughs> yeah no ab- absolutely and uh like i said i mean i speak for steve too because we we we're talking before he came on and uh, we were both, you know, huge fans of this movie and I am going to uh, absolutely champion this movie. Um, I'm going to 
recommend it to everyone. Cause like I said, I mean, it was, it's been one of my favorites of the year. Um, it just really hit me, uh, in the right way. And yeah, uh, if everyone go and check out The Dark and the Wicked, absolutely. Well, from the bottom of my heart and with utmost sincerity, that means the world. I mean, yeah. that the support of people who get it and who like it really, that's why, you know, we all make movies to begin with is just the hopes that you find an audience who who likes it too. So um, yep. thanks a lot. We, you know, honestly, the support and the enthusiasm means, means a ton. Yeah, totally. And uh, one thing I actually didn't mention too is the score in this movie I thought was awesome uh very haunting and just perfect for the uh the atmosphere of the whole movie so um shout out to I, i'm not exactly sure who scored it but tom, shout Schra- out to- tom schrader is our composer okay. joe stockton did our our sound design fucking nailed it like yep. unbelievable sound design and and really they did it's all them like spectacular tom nailed it i will also say that um our, our, our cinematographer, Tristan Nyby, who just won Best Cinematography at Sigis for Dark and the Wicked. I mean, the movie's beautiful. And, and, you know, we had such an amazing crew and they just devoted so much of their craft and their professionalism to making, you know, this movie be look and, and sound as great as it did. So, you know, we couldn't have done it without all of them. Yeah, totally. And uh, uh, if you want to kind of tell the fans um, or the listeners what, uh, you know, when The Dark and the Wicked is going to be released and all that and give all that. Number six, we should be available everywhere. And that is drive-ins, theaters, if they happen to be open near you. If they're not, that's fine. If you don't feel comfortable, that's okay too, because you can go on, uh, you know, a variety of different um, streaming platforms and, uh, and, and, you know, give us a look-see. So November 6th, everywhere. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that uh, that will uh, wrap it up, Adrian. But we thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure. Mine as well. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the support. And, uh, you know, and have a good night. Saddam and I will rule the world. <laughs> I got some new luggage for our trip up to Earth. Let's back to celebrate. What's it like up on Earth, Saddam? Tell me about it again. Ah, let's not talk. Let's get busy.